Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Calon FM. With me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. And this week's show, uh, for various reasons, is pre-recorded. And so the section where we normally talk about what's happening in other news... Um, we're leaving blank because we're living in such fast moving times that we we're afraid that um, you'll think that we know nothing about the world of business if there's been a major I don't know change in anything really between when we're recording and when the show goes live we did consider making up what news we thought we would like some to nice happen. news yeah. yeah some good news but um, we thought best to clear of it so we're going straight into our discussion for this week which is looking at sustainability and specifically from the area from the standpoint of business now a sustainable business if you didn't already know it or a green business is an enterprise that has minimal minimal negative impact on the global local community society or economic environments um, it must follow four criteria incorporate principles of sustainability into each of its business decisions Supply environmentally friendly products or services that replaces demand for non-green products and or services. It is greener than traditional competition and it has made an enduring commitment to environmental principles in its business operations. And those rules actually can apply to businesses of all sizes. So there's something in there for everybody. And it's something that we're, of course, encouraged to um, to, to, to run our businesses being mindful of um so tracy what have you got on the subject of sustainability okay i thought it was a great topic it's uh, something obviously very relevant but and then i soon realized that maybe we'd bitten off more than we could chew because it's a massive it is area. massive yes and it's not it's not just about business as it? it extends far and wide and it's a philosophy as well it, it's a whole societal um culture it's, there's so many things but I anyway I, I went straight to Investopedia we're talking business here and I look for definitions okay and on Investopedia it talks about sustainability as focusing on the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their needs which I thought was a quite a neat yes. little yep. description and it, um, in this definition, they say that sustainability is composed of three pillars, economic, environmental and social. And this is also known informally as profit, planet and people. And they go on to say that sustainability for business emerges as a component of corporate ethics. So CSR has been a big thing over the years and um, and that's perceived to be in response to public discontent over the long term damage caused by the focus on short-term profits now this is where i just feel overwhelmed by the whole subject because that's the way society is set up that's the way traditional businesses there's the focus on profit and i think it's it's taking a shift it's it's very gradual but i just see that it's going to take a big shift for it all to move into this sustainable philosophy I think it's a great idea and I think um, it's got to happen. You know, we, we can't have growth at, at the expense of the planet and mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. But I, it just feels like such a big thing. that. But then again, I had to remind myself, is that what, how you eat an elephant? It's like one well, bite at a time. Yeah, so it's not, it, yeah, because it's such a massive task, it's not a reason not to start. But exactly. I suppose, as with anything, if you think about 
although in in the, the grand scheme of evolution, man has you know ravaged the earth in a fairly short period of time, but it's going to take at least that long to start to repair. You know, we're not you, you couldn't do it just yeah. in the press of a button. It's, it's there's going to there's going to be a time scale, and we need to all buy into that in so, terms of future generations. Yeah. I had a look then at Harvard Business School, okay. and they got a good article there on sustainability in business, and they said that you need to address two categories with your sustainable business strategy, and that's the effect your business has on the environment, and the effect that your business has on society. And the goal of a, a business strategy for a sustainable company has to make a positive impact. And, and I think that's quite key. It's not just to make no impact, not, you know, so negative impact. It's actually they, they're saying that the, the key has to be making a positive impact on environment and society. And obviously, looking at all of the things that drive this, investors are actually starting to use environmental, social and governance metrics to look at organisations. So I think if people start taking these metrics seriously, then businesses start to do things to improve those figures mm -hmm. and then people take them seriously, then hopefully you get the snowball effect. And research shows that companies with high ratings for environmental, social and governance actually have lower cost of debt and equity and actually can improve their financial performance as well as garnering public support. So it is now being promoted as a positive move for businesses to do. So I'm do, hoping that that starts, the, the business is moving towards that and just easing themselves away from short-term profit at the expense of everything else. And so I found a report um, by McKinsey where they'd done a survey and um, it was a survey of about 3,000 businesses and they started to look at um, where companies are taking action to become more um, sustainable and then the impact of that action on the effectiveness of their those businesses over their competitors and the numbers stack up in terms of reducing energy use in operations for example 63% um, of companies are taking action to do that and the impact is that 47% of businesses are performing more effectively than their competitors. And they go through reducing the use of water, um, reducing emissions. Um, and then one that I thought was quite interesting. So 28% of businesses are um, leveraging sustainability of existing products to reach new customers or markets. Uh, and 61% are then seeing more um, effectiveness than their competitors so that's a big return on investment in terms of finding you know using what they're doing to market their their services and goods which i think that it's not enough just to do them you you need to be able to um, benefit from that in some way so i thought that was quite interesting there are resources available as well. So if you're thinking, I'd like to have a sustainable business, but I don't quite know how to go about doing it. There are lots of resources available. I'll just mention one that I came across, and this is from the Harvard Business School. Um, there was a blog on what is sustainability in business and just quite a short blog, but they give a few steps to follow to help you to write a, a sustainable business strategy. And it's the sort of stuff that you would use to write a normal business strategy anyway. Yep. It's just making sure that you think about 
aligning your organization's vision with sustainability as well so that's quite good and we'll put a link for that on the blog mm -hmm. And also, they are running. It's a bit pricey. This is a thousand dollars, but um, Harvard Business School are running an online course on writing a sustainable business strategy. So that that's available. But I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff out there as well. Uh, I came across a, a resource which many of us will have already heard of: the Carbon Trust. So that's a great source of information around the Green Business Fund um, and um, how the can the Carbon Trust endorse my product, service or company? So, you know, can I have that badge that says that we are environmentally friendly and sustainable? Um, so that's a good place to have a look, the Carbon Trust, um, because they also can signpost you to funding around green um, developments and um, innovation. Now, just looking at examples, one article in The Independent from last week caught my eye. It was talking about repair cafes in Belfast, oh. and they've been going for 10 years. And it was started as a way to encourage people to learn how to take care of their belongings and has evolved into a global movement against consumerism. So that's uh, it was set up by a, a couple of guys in Belfast and celebrated 10 years. The other example I thought I'd mention is two weeks ago, we talked about an app called Olio, oh, where you can share one. the food um, that you um, so companies can reduce their food waste and individuals with spare food can share it uh, with people who live nearby. Yep. I used it for the first time last week and I, I got rid of some herbal teas. I, I had about six boxes of herbal teas that had appeared in my cupboard and the sort of things that I probably wouldn't ever consider drinking. I thought I have a bit of a clear out. They were on open boxes, but um, the, the app does welcome open things yeah, as long yeah. as you, you declare that they've been opened. And uh, I was quite happy to give away my boxes of tea and a box of linseeds. Oh, a box of linseeds. Okay. Yeah, I'd been given them a while ago and okay. they, were, they were sitting there and I, I thought I was never going to use them and somebody else gratefully accepted them. So somebody came and collected them yep. and, and off they went. And according to the app, in my local area, within 1.3 miles of my house, there are 300 or so other users of this app. I was amazed. Because I had a look at the app after the show and one of the things that you can, you, you can share uh, toiletries that you don't use or don't need anymore and some non-food products as well. So, um, yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay, so that's us talking about sustainability. We're interested, if we've got SMEs listening, what small steps are you taking to meet those green credentials and to be a more sustainable version of your business? We'd love to know about it. So do please get in touch or let us comment on our Facebook page, The Business Community, or get in touch via our website, thebusiness.community. You're listening to The Business Community on Calon FM. And in other news, I noticed a, um, an article in The Independent last week that was referring to some research that had been done by the University of Liverpool, which uh, the result, one of the results of which um, was that female entrepreneurs are less likely to give up on their business than men, according to this research by Muntasir Alam and Dr. Delani Jayawana. And oh, as usual, guys. I apologise for my pronunciation. I am so sorry. They analysed data from the Understanding Society survey, which was a government funded study which involved 40,000 British households and about 100,000 people. And the researchers who studied the data from 
2009 to 2016 said that 16.3% of women business owners quit every year compared to 18.6% of men. So it's not a massive difference. But women also stayed longer at the helm of their startups despite making less money from them than their male counterparts. Also, smaller business owners were more likely to quit than those who ran large firms. Mm -hmm. And older entrepreneurs are less likely to step down from their companies. While the respondents weren't asked for their reasons for quitting their businesses, the researchers um, surmised that um, the female company owners were more likely to work from home and less likely to rely on their firm as a primary source of household income. Ah, okay. And one of the researchers said that the analysis found that running the business from home gives women flexibility and also being the secondary breadwinner meant that their business was subsidised by their partner. Potentially. Potentially, yes. That was... um, an assumption made, I assume, mm. as, as part of their summing up. There is another review I just do a quick mention for. It's called the Rose Review. And this is another um, government commissioned bit of research into female entrepreneurship uh, that was done this year. And um, they came out and said that the UK economy was losing out on about £250 billion worth of value every year because women face barriers to becoming successful entrepreneurs. Alison Rose is the banker who led the review, hence the title, The Rose Review, I guess. And she found that women start businesses with 53% less capital on average than men and are less aware of funding options and less likely to take on debt. But then again, I don't know, taking on debt? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Back in the 80s, if you weren't taking on debt, you weren't really being as efficient as possible. Mm. But I'm not so sure... You know, it's a great way to start your business is taking on loads of debt and financing um, and servicing your debt. I don't know. It's a really interesting one. One of the things that I do, um, and I, I've mentioned it before, is I, I do a rotary youth leadership program once a year. And this year, uh, so we go to a place called Arthog and we do outward bound activities. And one of the things we do is we play a business game. And year on year, we've noticed that these young people, so they're aged 16 to 18, are becoming more and more more reluctant to borrow money as part of their business game um year on year to the point where this year um we thought they weren't nobody was going to borrow any money and they were running their balance sheet one company it was as though they were trying to achieve a zero balance sheet in terms of um borrowings interest charges. so they were running everything down to the absolute pound so they were doing really good accounting, but they weren't they weren't willing to speculate to accumulate. It was it was a really interesting thing. It's almost as though debt has become a bad word, um, which you know, okay, we, we're you know we we've, we're in a legacy from some of that. But in the world of business, they were really struggling to see that sometimes in business you do need that money up front to position yourself to the best advantage against your competitors it was a really really interesting one this year uh, anyway i digress um news that i've i've spotted a uh, couple of things uh, on the high street halfords um is blaming a poor summer for uh, a profit warning so the bike and car maintenance chain um says that the retail market is in decline and that they have as i say issued a profits warning But then um, on the flip side, we go then to look at Barrett Homes, the huge, the the 
Britain's biggest house builder. Um, and they have said that um, the tough housing market, you know, is is a misnomer for them. They've recorded uh, annual profits of £910 million. They have um, said that growth is going to be a bit slower than expected in the coming year. But they say that um, the one of the main things, and we've talked about this again in the past, is this help to buy scheme and how it has kept the housing industry, um, kept the oils wheeled. Now, the wheels oiled. The maybe. oils wheeled. What did I say? The <laughs> yeah. oils wheeled. The yeah. wheels oiled. <laughs> Sorry about that. The the wheels oiled. Well, you said it very confidently, though. Yeah, so it sounded yeah, it right. It sounded right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> Right, I've lost my train of thought now. But but essentially, it, it does call into question: is this are these these are new homes, obviously, and there may be people who are stuck in existing homes that that need a bit of uh, a bit of a boost. Talking of which, you could decide to put all your money on um, the horses. William Hill um, is undergoing some changes. They are their chief executive, Philip. Bocock has been replaced by the company's chief digital officer, Ulrich Bengtsson, um, as William Hill decides to take things more online and they will be closed, that they are closing a number of their high street outlets. So um, all change yet again on the high street. Remember, if you want to listen to this show again, then you can go to the Callan F Wem- Cal on FM website indeed and you can listen again to the full show with all the music for a week so go to calonfm.com and the podcasted version of the show with just the talking yay is available on our <laughs> own website for as long as we carry on paying the subscription and that's the business.community In this week's discovery section um, I am um, I have discovered and I'm working my way through a podcast. I've really got into podcasts more than ever before. Some of them business-centric, some of them personal development, some of them just general interest. Um, But BBC Radio 4, um, they have um, a podcast called The Bottom Line. And it talks about a whole range of things to do with business. Um, And it's the variety that I think is is quite appealing. They're only about 27 minutes long once they're edited down. Um, and they have things like the future of commercial aviation. Well, when we were talking with Ian Lucas um, two weeks, no, last week, um, it, you know, he was talking about the, the aerospace industry and and its presence here in the Wrexham area. Um, so, so that's a particularly interesting one. It's Things like um, the discount stores, so the Poundlands, Lidl's, B&M bargains, etc. Why are they? Why are they so successful? And how do they keep themselves competitive? Um, the fitness industry and and the, the you know the massive machine that is fitness and leisure um, and all the clothing and all of the stuff that goes with it. Um, auditors. What about you know the big auditors and you know what are they? What are they achieving? Are they as great as they make themselves out to be? So a whole range of things going back years. So there's something for everybody. Here we go. How does stuff get to us? I like that. How does a can of Italian tomatoes reach the supermarket shelf? And how does a car manufacturer receive its parts in time? Oh, that sounds good. So the sort of human in the UK space industry. 
managing workplace relationships. There is literally something for everybody. So, so that's that's my discovery for this week. What have you got, Tracy? Mine's um, software or an app. Um, so this is free accounting software, and I did have to go to the website and thoroughly dive in and see is it, is it definitely really definitely free, free yeah. really free and yes indeed it is it was set up by people who um wanted to provide free accounting software but would charge for making payments through them so they do they make their money from the financial services that they also provide okay but the accounting software is definitely free it's called wave and you can go to the website, which is waveapps.com. So accounting software is free. No setup fees, no hidden charges, no monthly fee. Unlimited bank and credit card connections, unlimited income and expense tracking, unlimited guest collaborators, run multiple businesses in one account. It seems too good to be mm. true. Um, invoicing, free. Um, invoice in any currency, quickly send estimates and turn them into invoices on approval, accept credit cards and get paid automatically. Um, that's where the, the actual charges come in. Personalise your invoices with the choice of invoice templates and receipt scanning. Unlimited receipt scanning with iOS and Android apps um, and receipts are automatically recorded as accounting transactions in Wave. All of that, that I've just said, it's free. free. So online payments, you pay per use. So there's there's no subscription for this. Credit card processing is 1.4% plus 20 pence per transaction for European issued cards. And for 2.9% and 20p, you can get that per transaction for non-European issued cards. They claim no hidden fees. The money transfers to your account in seven days. So I, I don't know. I was intrigued. I was suspicious because... That, you know that's what you do uh, <laughs> you have to be a little bit suspicious but everything i've read around it so far looks like it, it is genuinely free and the feedback that they put on their own website now they would say that wouldn't they is very positive so i'd be really really interested to hear from anybody that's used wave or is prepared to give it a go and let us know um, what they think of it and then um, we can give feedback in future shows it's a canadian company as far as i can tell and they're their um, team of happy staff uh, again they would say that on their website wouldn't they but uh, it looks like really promising so the software is called wave and you can find the website waveapps.com and we will put a link for that on our website which is the business talk community so does that mean that if you don't accept credit card payments Yep. and don't want to accept credit card payments you can have, you free, have software. free everything it appears that they're not forcing you to accept them their um, payment services so you can use it for free like i say i'd be really interested to know if anybody is using it or is prepared to give it a trial for us and let us know this week on the business community we're profiling josephine fairly or joe failure she seems to um to go by mm. and um she describes herself on her website as green and black's co-founder speaker and leading entrepreneur so her husband Craig Sams and her founded Green and Blacks and there's a whole book on that which is well worth reading I read it years ago the story of Green and Blacks how two entrepreneurs turned an ethical idea into a business success 
and uh, very interesting story indeed. It's well told, well written, and there's even some nice colour photographs in there. I mean, look at that one, Heather. Just a pile of chocolate. Pile of chocolate <laughs> and some chocolate ice cream. Oh, lovely, lovely. Um, on Twitter, Josephine Fairley, she is there, at Jojo Sams. She describes herself as journalist, public speaker, author, Green and Blacks, and the Perfume Society co-founder. And her most recent tweet when I looked um, on this particular day that we recorded the show was sh talking about secondhand September. So there's a hashtag secondhand September and you can make a pledge on the Oxfam website where you agree to buy no clothes, no new clothes for 30 days. Now, for some people, I know that's difficult. I could do that even without thinking about yes, it. But yes. I think, you know, if, if you're used to buying new clothes on a regular basis, that's quite a big commitment. Um, Heather, did you know of Jo Fairley before we suggested her? Not, no, not particularly. Um, I saw that she had done a Desert Island Discs. Yeah, that um, was uh, August, um, was it 9th, 11th, something like yeah, that? Yeah, so August. that's... Obviously, I knew about Green and Blacks, but I don't think I'd known about her per se. And... She's interesting in that, and I need to be careful that this doesn't sound like some kind of sour grapes, but, you know, she's a, she's a journalist and she still writes for a lot of publications and has been very successful in journalism. Um, and so her story is actually very interesting, but it's very well polished, as is her appearance, as is her world, you know, and... And the story of Green she and She presents very well. She presents very well. And um, and that's great. But a bit like, you know, we've talked in the past about the likes of Richard Branson, you know. Well, it's very easy to say these things from your, your private island, island or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think that what is interesting is that she... You, you couldn't put her in one box. Journalism is something that, that flows through all of her experiences. But... Whether it's opportunity, whether it's the ability to spot an opportunity, whether it's, you know, she's just a brilliant businesswoman, I'll never know. But but the story, the, the journey that she's been on flows nicely. And yeah. you said the book is well written. Well, I would expect it to be. Yeah. And uh, Desert Island Discs, I, I did listen to that. And uh, it's an interesting listen. I, I find all of them absolutely fascinating. Um, she describes, uh, she is described on here as a serial entrepreneur. So green and blacks, beauty books, um, bakery, health centre and perfume subscription service, which I did go and have a look at and thought was looked really interesting. A um, couple of things. I stick in my mind from Desert Island Discs. Uh, one is that she used £20,000 worth of equity from selling her flat yep. to launch Green and Blacks. And, you know, in, in those um, sort of those heady days where you could make, make a massive profit on your, uh, your, your properties yep. and then reinvest them in the business, um, she did that and uh, she bought... Um, couple of ton of chocolate was it yeah um in the middle of summer and just got lucky that she didn't all melt and run run away um she talks about that um she also said to to lauren laverne that she's never failed at anything which that led to more questions than answers for me like, yes. nothing really nothing but she said that in such a positive way that i give her that one um and also i didn't know this she was best mates with paula yates and actually she found her body after um the tragedy um when she took her own life so yeah very interesting lady but one of the things that i was really intrigued by is how she managed to work with her husband 
And she yes. does address that in Desert Island Discs and in also in, in some articles that I've read. Um, and she, she goes on to describe it in Desert Island Discs. They had separate offices to work in, so a good start. They'd go for a walk for about an hour after work to download so they would allow themselves to talk about work. And then after that walk, there'd be no more talk of work. And that, that takes some discipline. I'm not sure I would be able to do that, but obviously she's made um, a great success out of that. She's still married <laughs> and yeah. she had a very successful business as well. Um, I also noted in another article that she was quoted in is that she doesn't work weekends. She never works between Friday night and um, Sunday mornings, although she doesn't mind working on Sundays because she finds Sundays are the dullest day of the week. Well, I agree with her there. I also agree with one of the items that she would, her luxury item to that she would take to the desert island is her own pillow. Yeah, which, that's a fab idea. Yeah, which I would do exactly the same. Um, yeah. I, I, Not a photo of your husband? No. Oh, no, no. That's That was, um, <laughs> that was Mr. Tim Waterstone, wasn't it? Yes. Wife, yeah. Yes. No, I've got a picture of my husband in my mind's eye. That would do. And it would remain remain good unchanged. Save, Heather, good save, Heather. Yeah, good Nicely done. <laughs> nicely done. So yeah. So she's she's an in, she is interesting, um, but I don't I don't really know why she's been so successful. That's well, that sounds. I'm not saying I don't mean that she doesn't deserve to have been, but I haven't really got to the grassroots of what her rationale is, what her way of thinking is. Well, can I suggest you read the book about, ah, about Green and Blacks? Okay. Um, because it's a great idea. The timing's right as well. Yeah. So she caught the market at the right time. She created the market for it, really. And um, she executed it well. It was a, a good idea at the right time, well executed. Right, okay. And fair play. So that, that is a good read if you okay. want to see how to start up a sustainable business yes. in a positive way and, and also to, uh, to actually a, a successful <laughs> sustainable business as well. So the, the story of green and blacks, that's what you need okay. to read. Step one. Add that to the pile of things to read. Heather. Get £20,000 and a big pile of chocolate. <laughs> so I had a look at Company's House, as I often do. And on there, you'll find her as Josephine Fairley Sams or Josephine Powell Fairley Sams. And she's got, against her name, the Beauty Bible Limited, which is dormant. Um, but Wellington Square Natural Health Limited, she's both a director and secretary. Perfume Discovery, she's a director for that. And Stone Link Valley, which is... a uh, um, a forestry activity company. Not quite sure of the details of that, but it's a dormant company as well. And then she's also a director and company secretary for the Perfume Society and the company secretary for, I don't know how to pronounce this, but I'm going to say Ceres Bakery. C-E-R-E-S. So I do apologise again for my poor pronunciation. I um, I don't know if you found a quote. I did of, of find a quote, yes, indeed. Um, I... Yeah, I, I I didn't quote anything. I didn't find anything from Desert Island Discs specifically, but and maybe this is this starts to paint a picture as to why the business was so successful. She says that complementary skill sets add up to one very good business, and I think that certainly in the work that I do, I'm looking at organisations and identifying, you know, where are the gaps and how do you plug them. So I think that that's. It sounds bleeding obvious, but I think it's something that we forget from time to time. What did you find, Tracy? Okay, mine was from Desert Island Discs. Ah. And she says here, businesses are born by putting one 
foot in front of another and keeping going until you've opened the door of that shop or launched that website or whatever your website, whatever your business is. Yeah. Bleeding obvious, but <laughs> we need, but we need, you know, yeah, you we need to, need to be reminded that, yeah. sometimes that, yeah, you've just got to do it. You've just got to move forward. Okay. So that's about all we've got for you this week. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening in. Do check out the podcasted version on the business.community. You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. Join us again next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.